Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Rushmore today? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. I was worried that I, I had been away from the song for too long and I wasn't going to remember it. <laughs> you remembered it. I remembered it. You remembered it. It came naturally with gusto. to me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes recently I sent Mike a text of me like whistling it because it just gets to, I love it. I love the melody. <laughs> I know. It's really fun. And here's a fun fact that I will let our listeners in on uh, the original version of the song has lyrics and one of the lyrics is about Rushmore. It's a little special. I've heard it. I like it. It's good. There it is again. It is a great song. It's perfect for our show. Perfect for our dynamic. It is. It's like upbeat and fun and whatever. So anyway, how have you been? I've been okay. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Ups and downs, highs and lows. This year has no news flash to anyone. This year has been a wild ride. So I'm glad to be back talking about movies. Yeah. Wait, are are you saying that this year has been crazy? I was asleep the entire time, so yeah. I don't remember well, anything. I don't know <laughs> if you know this, but this year has been crazy. I was going to say something really funny, but nothing came. <laughs> So you tried for edit, I guess. <laughs> you tried. Yeah, I, I tried. No, I, uh, I just, I feel like I don't care about New Year's because I feel like who, who needs our problems to bleed over into the next year? And everybody's like, 2020 can just be done now. And I'm like, why? So 2021 can suck too, you know? Like, let's yeah. just. <laughs> Like things aren't going to change magically because yeah. it turns midnight on the coronavirus December isn't like here on like a it's not here on like a work visa or something you know <laughs> yeah so I don't Corona's know. like Corona's like oh I have to go back to my home planet of yeah you know Coronaville or whatever I don't know <laughs> like, like yeah like the the government isn't gonna like seize it all of a sudden and make it go back to its own place so i'm just trying yeah. to i'm just trying to find happiness wherever i can and anyway we have a fun mini topic today i think we do yeah oh so i you... didn't i rudely didn't ask you how have you been oh um uh i mean fine sounds I like guess. it was worth it <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm sorry. <laughs> really like sassy no you're fine um you got a haircut I, and it looks cool. I did get a haircut. I'm blonde now, which is the first time I've ever been blonde in my life. And I'm going to go blonder because right now it's more like a ginger ale kind of like, I don't know, like a reddish color. A strawberry go blonde. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, I've always had dark hair and I cut it all off. Like if anyone knows probably no one knows who this is but anyway there's a show called bong appetite and there's a uh chef on there named vanessa loverado and i think she's the cutest haircut and that's why i based it after um so if you want to know what it looks like look her up that's what i gotta say <laughs> it looks yeah cool. i like the color a lot too i'm thinking of coloring my hair but are you 
it's what such a like. What do you think you want to do? The thing is, like, I get sort of annoyed when I have to spend money. Hair color is not a necessity to keep spending money on, and it's also not a hobby to keep spending money on. So I have a hard time spending money on it over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm fucking. I disagree at, with you. I do think it's a hobby, though. Well, for okay, I. Uh, for me personally, because I see what right. you mean. Like some people really do like changing their hair color and it is a hobby for them. But for me, like going to the movie and spending a lot of money, I love doing that because it's a movie, you know? Right, right. But, like coloring my hair is not something I, because I have hair color, but I have so much white and I'm so self-conscious about the white because I'm I'm not that old, you know? But I've had white hair since I was like in my twenties and, but it's just gotten so much worse over time as it does. And I keep thinking I want to cover it up, but then I just think about like how I'm a slave to it. I'll be a slave to it, but right now I'm a slave to being worried about it. So I don't know what, you know, like what's the upside, <laughs> but anyway, your hair color is really cute. Um, you know, I have gray hair too. I have plenty of gray hair. I probably have just as much as you do. Um, but you can't see it cause it, well, actually you kind of, you kind of can in here if you're looking really closely, like you can see like the whites, but, um, no, I, I understand. That's why I also color my hair because it's like, well, and it's fun, you know, it's fun to do. Yeah. Just, it looks cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot different. It's definitely different. I like it. Thanks. I like it a lot. I like Thank it a you. lot. <laughs> you like it a lot. Yes. I like it. Are you ready? I'm ready. You want me to go first or you want to go first? I think you should go first. I don't know if we mentioned it. So mention what the, the mini topic is and then okay. you go. So um, it's an unpopular opinion about a movie or TV show that other people seem to like, but we just don't like it. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to save the best for last because I could rant about it for a year. Um, I'm so but- excited. I don't know what it is. You, I don't, you, I don't you know. Do what- know it. Okay. You totally know what it is. You do, right. you do know what it is. Uh, the first one I'm going to do, though, is um, Peter Pan, the Jeremy Sumter one. Is that the one that had Coldplay in the trailer? I have no idea. But was it, it the one was- that came out within like the last 20 years? Yeah. Okay, yep. that's the one I'm thinking of then. I could not for the life of me understand why people liked it i liked captain hook i thought he was good but i thought the guy that played peter pan was very creepy like he was a kid a little boy okay oh yeah he was a kid and i was like the entire time i was like ah it just weirded out by this kid like he i can't i don't remember enough to tell you exactly what it is because it's been so long and i will never watch that movie again because of how much i disliked it but the entire movie i was like man i don't like this kid he creeps me out i couldn't put my finger on what it was but there was something about him that just like i was like oh don't like him (laughs) he's really creepy i never saw that movie but i used to be i still am to some extent. I used to be a very big Coldplay fan. So I really liked the trailer because they used the song. And I like planned to see it. And then I just never did. And now it sounds like that's a good thing that I never because I mean, you know, like <laughs> yeah. in a movie like that, I knew they weren't gonna use probably gonna use like a good soundtrack. It was probably gonna be a score. So the trailer right. was cool, but not cool enough to make me see it, I guess. But yeah, it's I don't know. 
I mean, I don't remember much from it, but I, I remember how I felt and I didn't like it. Yeah. That sounds like it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's yours? Uh, my first one is The Blind Side. Okay. And, I never saw that one. Oh my gosh. I have, I told you recently, actually, we were talking on the phone and I told you a story about The Blind Side adjacent. And first of all, I just, I hate the movie. I hate the movie with a passion. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. Uh, it has no redeeming qualities in my book. I think the true story it's based on is is probably inspirational in some capacity because it's about like a wealthy white family who take in a poor black boy. And I think he became a player in the NFL, like in real life. But I don't... <laughs> This is going to sound snotty and I don't mean it that way, but I don't really care how inspirational that story is because the movie, I, I hated it so much. <laughs> and um, I also, I don't like people telling me to be inspired. Like, let me hear the story and yeah. I can be inspired, but I don't like forced inspiration. But so the movie came out and I, this is something that really bothers me. And it's sassy white women who think that they're being like who think that they're like getting shit done but they're really just being really nasty to everybody around them and I think that this movie encouraged women to be that way because Sandy Bullock's character was a real bitch and everybody's <laughs> like oh she's so sassy and she gets shit done but in my mind it's like no she's very unpleasant and I I don't think we should celebrate this sort of personality type I think right. she probably needs to like somebody needs to check her into the boards to use a hockey reference but somebody needs to check her <laughs> and so I was I was working at the theater and this this is a story of the first customer that made me not just cry but sob the first and only customer that made me sob and it was very 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 busy because I believe it came out at Christmas time and there were long long lines which you can't really do anything about you just got to get through it like everyone wants to see all these movies if you want to get a good and this was before uh, like, uh, what's the word? Assigned seating. This was before uh -huh. assigned seating. So uh, logic would dictate that if you want to see a movie, you got to buy your tickets in advance and you got to get there early because it's Christmas and it's busy. And the lines were so long. And this woman came up to this woman came up to my line in the box office and she threw her money at me and she said, "I've been waiting this line for ten minutes and there's no seats left and I can only sit in the front row. I'm coming back to you. It's your fault." And she was, and I know that what I'm saying doesn't sound that terrible, but she was so nasty and it was so busy and I was, and I sold her her tickets and she left because she was seeing the blind side because that movie encourages women to just act like shit to everyone around them. Well, and, wait, first of all, that does sound really nasty. Okay. Well, are saying that you. it doesn't, but that sounds awful to me. Yeah. Okay. No, that's yeah. I just bad. mean like she didn't swear at me, but she did yell in my face and blame me for her erroneous timing and the movie being busy is not your fault. fucking fault and anyway and i was very upset as it was because of just the interaction and then this mom and her daughter behind her came up to me because they were next in line and they said wow she wasn't very nice and them acknowledging it made me start crying oh, like tears no. were just like going down my face and i sold them their tickets keeping it together and I turned to my manager who who was also like selling tickets beside me because he was helping because it was so busy and I said I can't do this anymore and he saw me, my face and he goes okay go wait in the back and I went in the back room and I sobbed I sobbed I don't think I'd ever <laughs> cried that hard at work ever it was awful 
anyway, and also the movie's just terrible. And I don't, I don't think that, as I said, that is not a character that we should be embracing. I think that's why I liked Wonder Woman so much because she was very tough, but she was also compassionate and she yeah. got shit done. And yeah. if we could just be like that, then everything would be okay. But all these women who are like, I'm a nasty little bumblebee and I'm going to get right in there. I just, I can't, I can't take it. Nasty little bumblebee. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I understand that because I worked in food and there, these women, like there was this one woman who was always like, she was super sweet until something didn't go right. And then all of a sudden it was like, it was like a completely like her, what is that? I think it might be in, did you ever see Never Ending Story 2? I'm going to say no. Okay. There was like a character who could like change their face and like it, like their head would like whip around and they've done it in other things too, but I can't think of anything specific. But anyway, it was like that. And all of a sudden, like she went from the sweet little, like nice lady to like her head spun around and all of a sudden she's like the devil. And like one time I remember um <clears throat> she came in and she was super like nice and everything and then there wasn't salt on her table and she's like there's no salt on my table and oh I was gosh. like calm down <laughs> it's not that big of a deal like it's just it's like I don't I don't get it either I don't get that it's like a culture of being a bitch to make like for some reason people think that they're gonna get more if they're bitchier and that's just not how it works and i also think like people think like no one's gonna walk all over me well no one wants to walk along with you either because you're so unpleasant so i don't know what you're winning you know no i know no yeah yeah, no i totally it's i'm much more likely like in because i worked in the food industry i'm much more likely to give people things if they're kind to me over if they're rude to me if they're rude Mm -hmm. to me i'm not gonna do shit for you beyond what i have to do you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be like, this is the end of our conversation and that's that. But if you're kind to me, I will go out of my way to make sure that you have a good experience because you're fucking being nice. Like, right. you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I don't like that movie. Not one bit. What's your next one? You. <laughs> my next one is um, Rogue One. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought rogue one was so fucking boring i fell asleep in the theater first of all and like i don't know for how long i don't think i actually fell asleep but i was like definitely getting to the point where i was like if i don't get up and like walk around i will i will fall asleep and i don't want to do that you know i like having to get up and walk around during a movie just so you don't fall asleep (laughs) yeah and i was with a friend and that's the reason i saw it or else i wouldn't have seen it because i like star wars but I am not, I wouldn't really consider myself a fan, you know, like I enjoy them, but I don't actively seek them out, mm. you know? Um, and I don't really like Felicity Jones. I think she can't emote. I don't think she's a very good actress. And so the entire time I was like, I don't care what happens to any of these characters. And then the end came and like everyone died or whatever. And I was just like, Oh my God, thank God this movie's over. <laughs> Like, I wasn't even, there was, like, no emotional response from me. Like, I wasn't like, oh, my God, that was so sad. I was just like, oh, I can find <laughs> <laughs> Just to be devil's advocate, I actually liked Rogue One. Um, 
because I liked how it told a bit of missing time, like how did they get the plans to defeat the Death Star and like, oh, well, here's the story of how they got the plans. And, you know, I like that filling in that missing blank. I like the idea of that. But I can see where you're coming from. It's not a fast moving movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the, um, I think there were monks or something like the blind monk. That guy was cool. Right? Wasn't there a blind guy? Well, now you're testing me, and I've only seen it like <laughs> once, so I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Either way, <laughs> there was a guy that I liked in it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I there was a sassy. There was a sassy droid that I liked as well. Oh yeah, yeah, played yeah. by Alan Tudyk. That was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but it, I mean, there's like a huge like, I could I could appreciate. Um. If I was a fan, I could see myself liking it. But again, I just, I'm just not. You know, yeah. I don't okay. hate them. Hey, I you don't know dislike what? them. But it's okay, not Lauren. My yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was struggling so much there. <laughs> you know what? This is a tree of trust. So yes. I just want you to the be the cone yourself. of silence. <laughs> that it could be that too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay, what's your next um, one? Um my next one I think it's gonna it's gonna ruffle your feathers a little bit, but I have to say it and it's the Incredibles. What? Really? Oh man, that does ruffle my I feathers. I love the Incredibles. I actually thought it was so boring and I didn't care about the characters and really? I I I just don't like it. I don't like it. I I've thought over the year, you know, you know how you see a movie and you don't like it and you think maybe I should give it another shot. Mm-hmm. I never want to give The Incredibles another shot because I just didn't. That's how much I didn't like it. Oh man, that's too bad. the <laughs> the The second one is, um, I think a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's better. I mean, I, they're kind of like. They're both. <laughs> I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love The Incredibles. Um, I really like the second one, but um, that's too bad. That's yeah, too bad. I think I, I think I, I find the, like the man, the father. I think I found his, find his body shape off-putting. Why? Because <laughs> he's got like this enormous chest and torso and these tiny little yeah. legs. <laughs> so I, I just don't, I don't, I don't really care for the animation style. And also like, that's why you never miss leg day at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every day is leg day. That's <laughs> the Incredibles. I just didn't care for it. What's your next one? Well, that's too bad. Um, mine is, and this is might ruffle your feathers, but the Greatest Showman. Oh no, I can see why people. I mean, I thought it was fun. I, I can see why people didn't like it. I like the music, and I still listen to music. I like the music a lot, actually. But um, I was like. Where's the character development? Why should I care about these people? There's nothing here that is holding me to these characters. And my favorite one was the bearded lady because I thought she was the most interesting. And but like everyone else, like they're they have this, you know, Zach Efron and Zendaya have this romance that like popped out of nowhere. And there's no sort of build up and they're just like maybe we should be together maybe we shouldn't and I'm like why you don't know each other why would you like why are you arguing about this it's so stupid and yeah I I just I really it 
I could, it is fun. I will agree with that. And there are certain aspects to it, like the dancing that I thought was fun. But overall, I thought it was, I didn't think it was a good movie at all. I thought it was poorly done. I thought it was poorly written. Yeah. <laughs> poor. Poor in general. It's so poor. Poor. Yeah. <laughs> and I only no. like rich movies. <laughs> <laughs> the wealthier, the better. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, give me a cigar while I watch give this me rich all movie. the great God space. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so many shirts. So many wonderful shirts. <laughs> Uh, I can see why people didn't like the movie because I went into it with kind of low expectations and I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. So it surprised me, but I'm not blind to the fact that some people didn't like it, but I did think it was fun, but I agree. I, I actually like think you make a good point. There really isn't any character development. No. Um, and I think the Zac Efron and Zendaya love story could have been really good because it was biracial in a time yeah. when that was really not done. But yeah, they kind of like, like skirted over that, you know, they briefly yeah. touched on it and then backed away really quickly. And, you know, if it, it's like, um, I kind of felt the same way. Like I, this is completely on the opposite spectrum, but the movie Get Out, I felt like was an interesting concept but i didn't think there was enough time to explain it and i feel like the greatest showman and get out could both be great mini series but not good movies there's oh. too much information there's too many character well get out doesn't have that many characters but as far as get out there's too much information that they didn't touch upon that could have been really like you know gone into detail but with The Greatest Showman, there's too many characters and not enough time to develop said characters, you know? So you don't really end up caring about them because you're like, well, you haven't given me a reason to, so why should I care what happens to these people, you know? Right, yeah. Like, everything burned down, and I was like, oh, so sad, you know? Like, I was just... <laughs> Yeah. This is what I do when I hear, like, when I watch, like, those um, true crime things, and then they're like, and this guy murdered this dude. And then he went to jail for the rest of his life. And I'm like, oh, no, so sad. You're in prison now. And this other prison lost their life. My, my life must be really hard for you. Yes. you know? like, it's just like, <laughs> so condescending. <laughs> I'm so rude about it. But yeah, don't murder people. Yeah, don't write bad. You know what? Don't write bad movies and don't murder people. That's what I got to say. You I know? think that's very good Honestly, advice. You could put those in the same category. <laughs> yeah. If you've got those two things down, you probably are okay. Yeah. 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 True. You're going to be fine for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, my next one is uh, Field of Dreams, which I don't know oh, if you've really? ever seen it. Have you seen it? I did. Yeah. I saw it when I was a kid. Um, you Did you like it? I remember liking it. I don't know how yeah. I feel about it now, but it's been a long time. No, I... Uh didn't care for it i thought it was boring mm -hmm. i also thought it's another movie where it's like forcing me to be like aren't you inspired you know <laughs> and i didn't care for gabby hoffman as a, a very little girl who can like see into the void and she's like dad people will come see the baseball i'm like how do you know this she's like five years old but she's has this like i don't know pheno phenomenon of intuition or something and so yeah i just didn't i didn't care for it uh, maybe if I had seen it, because I saw it within the last, like, three years, because it was one of the okay. Founders movies, 
And maybe if I'd seen it when it was fresh and it was a little bit more edgy, maybe I would have cared more for it. But at this stage, didn't didn't really like it. Didn't yeah inspiration in it. Just well, <clears throat> I love Kevin Costner, <laughs> as everyone knows. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, I do. I really like him. Um, I remember liking it, but it's been so long that I can't, I can't like definitively say like, yes, I would like it now because I don't know. A lot of time has passed. I might not like it now. So yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. So what's your next one? So it's the TV show Criminal Minds. (laughs) 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 And I hate Criminal Minds with a burning passion. And the reason I hate Criminal Minds is because all the characters have the same intonation. None of them talk differently. They all talk the fucking same. And I'm like, here are like eight characters and all of them are like, oh, he's a five foot, 10 foot tall male with a tendency towards violence towards women. And he likes toys and everyone's like, oh, great. Okay. Toys. I got it. And it's just like, no one talks differently in this entire (laughs) cast of people there's like two characters that talk differently and one is like the quirky like overweight girl which is like of course of course she's like the overweight one and she's like oh i'm extra quirky and have a great personality because i'm overweight and i'm just like you know what she could be a normal boring person and still be overweight like that is a thing you know what i mean like (laughs) <laughs> like and um yeah it, it's just I don't know I she I, <laughs> I was just gonna say something I don't know if I should but she's very unique and she loves cookies <laughs> it's like that's exactly it it's like it's like she doesn't eat salads all day and she likes <laughs> unicorns and you're like oh my god cool. look at her funky glasses <laughs> literally she wears funky glasses like yeah. and like <clears throat> and i i just i've seen i've never i don't think i've ever sat down and watched a full episode but when my friend emily comes into town she watches it and every time it's on the screen i'm like this show's disgusting and i hate it and she's like i know you hate this show <laughs> so what is she like like she has to get it in like she's like i didn't see the latest episode so i have to watch it at your house (laughs) no um so like you know like at night i put on bob's burgers to like kind of fall asleep that's her that's her thing to fall asleep to oh okay i'm sure she can sleep really well with you like sitting there like pissing and moaning about it I mean, it's like as I'm leaving to go to bed, but like, oh, sure. it's I get like, it. I'm okay. like, no, this, sh- I'm like, this show's disgusting. And she gets so annoyed at me. She's like, I know you hate it. I'm just like, mm, what? <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. I hate criminal yeah. minds. <laughs> My last one is a TV show anyway. as well. And okay. it's Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh my God, same. I also hate that show. I can't stand Every, that show. You know, I can't stand All the it. women on there are like these whiny, bitchy like women and all the guys, like all they do is fuck up all day, but for some reason, everyone loves them. And I'm like, why? Yeah, like, yeah. Actually, I'm going to do a twofer because I have a really quick one that goes right along with it. It's Mike and Molly. Have you ever seen Mike and Molly? I have. I hate that show so much I that I- I don't remember a lot of it. 
I it's I hate it as much as I hate everybody loves Raymond. So those two are like totally equal for me. I don't think people really loved Mike and Molly though, but people I know really like everybody loves Raymond. And I agree with you. Like the women are whiny, the men can't do anything right. Like Patricia Heaton is always mad at Ray's yeah. family. They just all seem <laughs> to hate each other, but they can't get out of it. You know. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's like it's like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, what's your last one that we've been building up to? My last one is Across the Universe. Oh, yeah. I hate Across the Universe, and I know a lot of people really like that movie. And do you know why I hate that movie so much? Why do you hate it, Lauren? Tell me. I'm about to tell you. <laughs> all right. First of all, it is a very poor way of introducing the Beatles to a new generation of people. It's like, you you said something, we were talking about it, and you said something that was really, like, it was really spot on. And it was something along the lines of, it's more, it was more to make money rather than it being like a, a fan doing like a, like a tribute to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, cause yeah. like the movie Yesterday, is like a love song or like a love story to Beatles music. Like the, you know, they made the movie and I think you can tell that they just really love the Beatles and they wanted to honor them. And across the universe is like, I want to make a musical that makes a lot of money and seems really unique. Oh, let's use Beatles music. So it's not like a letter of love to the Beatles. It's just like, oh, well, let's make money making a quirky anti-war Beatles movie musical. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, <clears throat> so my dad's a huge fan of the Beatles, so I grew up with them a lot, and I'm very familiar with their work and everything like that. And they utterly changed the face of rock and roll and music as we know it. I mean, they have, they're like the biggest influential rock band in history. And it's, to me, like, you're, <clears throat> you're bringing this to a new generation but it's played in like a cutesy kind of like, um, oh, this is a love story and everyone ends up happy and blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, they're also bringing in the Vietnam War, which has been known to, you know, have a lot of, of veterans that have a lot of emotional uh, like problems left over it from it. And the Beatles also like spoke out against the war as well. You know what I mean? Like they did not think they were like a peaceful group and especially John Lennon. And it, it <clears throat> to me, it was like, it was too cute and it was too much about like, look at all these attractive young people, like having, you know, smoking pot and then singing and stuff like that. And like having a great time. And then like the brother goes off to war and but there's no like consequences to like him going off to war like it doesn't seem like there's any like real like leftover emotional problems but then the biggest issue that i had <laughs> the biggest issue i had is that they had a perfect ending when i've only seen this movie once so just and i will never watch it again because i hate it so fucking much but um there is a scene where they are singing you say you want a revolution 
and they're being like dragged away by the police and it would have been the most perfect ending but they didn't end it there instead the guy who went to war came back and like was like oh hey my sister's still in love with you even though it's been like five years and i'm gonna sing hey jude to you even though that song is a like a like a it's from like Paul McCartney to John Lennon's son. So it's like, like, it's supposed to be like a, Hey, I recognize you and I see that you're suffering and, um, you know, like, and I care about you. Like, that's the song. That's what the song is about. And instead they made it about like, Hey Jude, there's this girl that still loves you out there. And then they end up together in the end. And I'm like, why, why, why does it have to have a happy ending? That's not how life works. You know, like, these people have been away from each other long enough where they should have had different experiences and different lives and like led different things. But instead everything just worked out and they ended up together and everything's fucking happy. And it felt so fake and so over the top and I hated it so much. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I also found it about across the universe. <laughs> I also found the musical bits to be pretty boring. Yeah. Like, I know they had Bono on singing a song, and I thought I didn't care for... I just didn't care for what they did to the music. And I'm not even, like, a, a really big Beatles fan. But I think, I mean, if you're going to do them service in a movie, I think you should probably do a good job of it. And I, I just don't think the music was that great or... No, mind blowing. But I would recommend yesterday because I think yesterday did a really good job with the Beatles. So I'd recommend you see it. I I did want to see that actually. Um, There is one scene that I remember feeling like it was a very profound scene. I have to say, and this kid is singing "Let It Be," and he's like probably like fifteen years old, and so he has this like still kind of like the soprano voice, you know, like his he hasn't quite hit puberty yet and so he's singing the song and it's really beautiful but I thought that was like the only redeeming moment this like two minute scene in the entire film and the rest of it I was like this is garbage get it away from me so yeah yeah. I also think that Evan Rachel Wood was like hot for a minute and so that's why they made the movie as well yeah 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 so. I don't really care about Jim Sturgis necessarily but I don't like I don't have strong feelings towards him either way you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think he's that great of an actor, actually. I don't either. Yeah. I think he's fine. But I don't... I Like, honestly, he could drop off the face of the earth and then, like, come back in 20 years and I'd be like, who? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like, like, there's... It's like Dennis Quaid. Like, sure, he's in a lot of things, but he's made almost no emotional impact on me as an actor whatsoever because he's just mediocre no i agree across the universe not not a great movie um not very like awe-inspiring um happy endings don't always bother me the way they they bother you but i do think that the story was like really tiring and not very unique not original and um yeah yeah i agree yeah well I, i shouldn't say happy i like happy endings but for this particular movie, I didn't think it should have been a happy ending. I didn't think it worked. I see. Yeah. No, yeah. I get it. Like, I think that they should have had, like, 
oh, we had life-changing moments in the 60s, and then they, like, you know, those life-changing moments help them live the rest of their lives. So their relationship was awesome in the 60s, and then life took them in other directions, but they're always better for it. That would have been a good movie instead of them yep. being like, oh, it's been five years. Let's give it another go. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. like, why you were teenagers. You were like, 18. yeah. And you broke up. You no, know, like, like yeah. You break up, if you break up with somebody and you're broken up for like five years, I would find it hard to be on the same. I mean, I guess I, I can't just make this blanket statement, but it seems like it might be difficult to like rekindle that romance in some cases because you've both grown apart from each other, you know? Right, right. I guess well, if you have I don't... a connection that transcends that, which is possible, I guess, but I think it's it's more rare. Yeah, I agree. I think that, well, and I think that she was like living in the United States and he was like back in... I don't know, Scotland or England or whatever, wherever he's from, you know, because he wasn't an American citizen in the movie. Um, he like came over to the United States for whatever reason. So it's like, how is that going to work? You guys going to have a long distance relationship with what? You can't text. There's no cell phones. Like it's the 60s or the 70s, whatever, you know. The Vietnam War was like still going on in the movie. Like it's like the Vietnam or was it 15? It was a long war either way, regardless. Yeah, it, it was, was a, very long a long war. war. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like uh, it, I don't know. I think that's a good choice. <laughs> I agree it's a good choice. Yeah. It's funny cuz whenever people are like oh my god i loved i loved across the universe and i was like let me tell you all the reasons why you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh geez uh, okay anyway i'm done so okay. are you ready to talk about the movie i am ready to talk about the movie so what did you think um i liked it <gasps> actually Good. i liked it a lot <laughs> yeah i thought it was fun i thought it was um it was it was fun i liked it i i like i liked it almost right away you know almost immediately i was like i was like i could see why sam likes this movie i can definitely see it so um and i liked it until the end you know i liked the whole movie i thought it was it was fun it was quirky um it didn't feel like too wes anderson-y you know which i liked um i liked jason schwartz a lot as an actor and um i really liked miss cross too i i've never seen her in anything i don't think she doesn't look familiar to me so she was like i was like i don't even know who this person is but i liked her so yeah and what do you think of the movie <laughs> that makes me so that makes me so happy because i was very nervous i was actually telling mike that this movie was going to be very hard for me to talk about if you didn't like it because i don't think we've ever done a movie that i like as much as this movie uh -huh. Like this movie and Interstellar usually like swap for number one in my favorite movie list. And they'd be the two hardest movies for me to talk about because so much of like personal opinion is tied into them. And I've liked this movie right. for so, so very long. So I love, I love this movie. This is, like I said, one of my top favorites. Just as a quick aside, did you ever see the movie Hannah with Saoirse Ronan? I have not. Okay, because she was in Miss Cross had a, a small part in that movie. So, anyway, um, oh, okay, okay. 
So this movie have I have a long history with, and I just I want to tell this little story. So back in the day in 1998, when I was watching a VHS tape, and you know how videotapes had like movie trailers before the movie started. Yeah. And I love trailers, so I always watch the the trailers because I like I said my favorite i love trailers and i was watching a movie i don't remember what movie it was but the trailer for rushmore was on it and they played the scene at the restaurant where he says i like your little uh, nurse's uniform and he goes these are or scrubs and max goes oh are they <laughs> and seeing that made me laugh out loud and i was like i have to see this movie i have to find this movie and i I think it was the interim between when it was in theaters and when it was getting put on video because I didn't see it right away. I didn't see it in theaters. I rented it and I just loved it. Like it was like, it was an introduction to this like dark, darker, dry, very, very clever, very funny humor that I loved, but I hadn't really seen in too many things up until that point. And it's interesting that you say it's not too Wes Anderson-y because I think it's perfect Wes Anderson. And I think Wes Anderson has become a caricature of Wes Anderson in his later movies. And I'm still a fan of his work. I always love his work to a certain extent. But I think Rushmore and the Royal Tenenbaums are two perfect examples of his expertise at being a filmmaker and then I think it slowly started to unravel because he started getting more popular like I know a lot of people like the Grand Budapest Hotel it's it's okay there's cleverness in it but it's too like this is what Wes Anderson is like and I and it's not you know like Wes Anderson I think really peaked with these two movies and then he started becoming like something other than than what I think he's really good at and and so I, I just I I'm really glad you love the movie I'm really really glad yeah I did now that that's like Tim Burton like Tim Burton's earlier stuff is great and then his later stuff is like oh okay you know like like Dark Shadows and Willy Wonka <laughs> and uh you know whatever but mm -hmm. that's not this um no I was actually surprised as to how much I liked it um I wasn't I really didn't have any expectations going in um I didn't know what it was about because I tend not to watch anything or like read anything because I I want to go in with like a unbiased mind you know um, but I, it was fun. I thought it was really fun. Like it was, you know, it's, this guy is, um, like a borderline con man a little bit. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, like he's, he, he so easily lies about the things in his life, you know, like he's talking to Bill Murray, who's a uh, Herman and he's like, He's like, oh, yeah, you know, my dad's a neurologist and he likes cutting over people's heads open, which I don't really get. But like, you know, that's what he likes to do. And <laughs> a neurosurgeon. And just, yeah. Neurosurgeon, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just just no, like doesn't hesitate about it. And then later, you know, Herman finds out that he was lying the whole time. But it's just like almost like an like an acceptance of it. Just like, oh, OK, this is. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that Herman like maybe not initially like in the beginning but i think as the movie progress it progressive progresses 
Herman sort of realizes like, okay, Max is, it's, you know, Max is a little bit different than he shows. So I think when Max introduces him to his father for the first time at the end, I think Herman, I think it's like, it's like an interesting look of like, almost like pride that he's like, Max has grown, like Max has matured where he's not ashamed of where he comes from anymore. Right. So I didn't think it, it, maybe it did kind of surprise him initially. Like maybe he still did think that he was a neurosurgeon, but I also think he wasn't surprised to find out that he was a barber, but I think it was very like, I liked the, the, the discovery on Bill Murray's face. Like I like how he's kind of like, we're both, you know, we're both going through it and Max is growing and I can see that. And, and He's going to get a haircut and stuff in that scene. Yeah, well, and, and, uh, you know, yeah. Herman also, yeah, and Herman also, like, he looks like he's been through the ringer, you know, like, he's just, like, depressed, kind of, you know, just alone, like, giving up on things. He's just, like, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> um, so, I, let's start from the beginning, right? Okay. Okay. So, I was curious as to how old Jason Schwartzman was when they um when they made this film and he was 18. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Because he's like I was I'm 15 years old but I was like but Jason Schwartzman looks like he's in his 20s in this movie. You know what I mean? Like he looks like he's like 25. Like and I had a hard time so I thought he was like 25 in this in this movie like like in real life. Um but it reminded me of like a more intelligent, like less sexist Van Wilder, like with Ryan Reynolds. Did you ever see that movie? I did. Yes. <laughs> it was problematic. <laughs> like it was fun when it came out, but like now that I was like, I'm older, I'm like, I think I own it actually, but I think, I don't know if I, I kind of wish I didn't because I don't think I'll watch that movie again, to be honest with you. It's a little, but it reminded me of like a very like, smooth talking guy who like doesn't want to leave his school because everything is working out so well for him you know what I mean yeah That's what I it think reminded me of I don't know if I agree that it I I understand what you're saying but it, I think like I like the psychology of why he doesn't want to leave the school and I think it's a little bit different because I don't think things are really working out for him at the school but I think he can live under the umbrella of like ignorance for a little, yeah. you know, like, like he know, I think Max Fisher as a character has what it takes to just skate by in this private school. And he really likes it and he does all these activities, but I think in the real world, he would flounder, like he would struggle because he's struggling. So like he got into Rushmore because he's very creative and he's very good at writing plays specifically and I think that that is his like that's his gift that's his talent but he's passionate and he wants to fit in with these people at these private schools but he doesn't have all the things that they have so right. he like creates these clubs to like boost up himself you know and and to to help him fit in and to fill his time with activities because he loves it there so much because he's around these like brilliant people and he's around very like interesting and he probably thinks he seems more interesting because he went to the school and he's you know refined because of going to private school but I, I think like 
like that's why the second half of the movie i think is is kind of heartbreaking but also interesting because we get to see why he wanted to stay in rushmore so bad because the real world is not a world that he's like made for almost at first yeah no it's like he it's like he is created to fit into a certain niche and no one else will accept him you know what i mean like he's he's a what is that uh square peg in a round world you know yeah like, he's just not fitting in anywhere and he's he's very quirky and i think that he's i think he has kind of almost like he i had to remind myself many times that he was only 15 because he has a attitude or kind of like a uh almost i wouldn't say necessarily like a wisdom but it's like he, he he acts older than he is. Yeah, he's you know an old I mean? soul. He's an and, old soul for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I think that he wants, you know, like things like finds out that they are going to have Japanese instead of Latin. And he's like, what? No, this can't happen because this is, you know, this dead language. It's the romance language. It's so necessary to like, you know, oh, no, no, ourselves no, no. as people. <laughs> No, no. Oh, it's because of Miss Cross. Yeah, at first he was really happy. He was like, I've been trying to get him to get rid of Latin for five years. And like, well, I guess Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) So let's start at the beginning. Never start. So I like I like his daydream. I like how it's a daydream at the beginning. Uh and it's so I just it's it's so classic. So he's in the class and the math teacher is like oh, this equation on the board is the hardest geometry equation in the world, and I've never seen anyone solve it. But if anyone can solve it, let's say I'll, I'll make sure you never have to open a math textbook for the rest of your life. And then Max, like casual as you like, is like reading a paper. And he puts the paper down and he's like, oh, did someone say my name? And then he takes his teacup up to the board with <laughs> No, I love that. And I something that I really like about that scene is uh, when the teacher looks at the board and looks at his book and he's like, it checks out. Like, it's, I don't know, like, Wes, I think Wes Anderson is a champion of pulling out these, like, subtle performances that really pack a lot of punch. And they're, they're almost, like, wrapped in, like, they're wrapped in, like, the the classifieds like if you weren't paying attention like if you turned to get a snack you'd miss that little moment and the movie wouldn't be any different for you but if you see it the movie is richer you know what i yeah, mean like, yeah definitely and i think that that his movies in general are chock full of stuff like that they're like easter eggs and the more you watch them the more you notice them and i just i they're some of my favorite stuff in his work is those little moments like there's a moment in the life aquatic when they're they're showing how they make voiceover for um for their like for Steve Zissou's nature or you know ocean movies or documentaries, and they have somebody in a sound booth and he's he's got like headphones on and he goes I can't see anything, and it's just a throwaway it's a throwaway line but it's just really funny and like it's the same thing like if you look away or you get up to like grab something and you miss it the movie's still gonna be just as good but if you get to see it it's awesome right and it's it's <laughs> i love that he's like he's sitting there and he's like reading his newspaper and he just folds it and he's like oh 
you want me to go up there? <laughs> of course. I'd be delighted. And like, and I love like his little teacup, like he's just finishing it up, you know, and then he like gets like the chalk thrown at him by the teacher. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, like this very like smooth move. And he's like suddenly like figured this whole thing out, even though he's like failing all his classes. And it's, and I like right away, I was like, this has got to be a dream because it was so it was like too over the top I, I was part of me like wanted it to be not one but then I was like no this is a little too over the top but then when they all started like you know um like picking him up and like you know <laughs> like a mosh fit yeah I was like, like okay <laughs> yeah it's definitely a dream definitely a dream yeah um, I love it I love it. And then it goes through the list, like the opening title sequence goes through the list of all the clubs that he's in or has founded. Yeah. Like one of them I really like is Bombardment Society. And it's just <laughs> basically like, I guess, dodgeball. Dodge I, <laughs> I know. I actually said that out loud too. I was like, I started laughing. And when that came up, I was like, Bombardment Society. <laughs> I just, I thought it was so clever because I was like, what a fancy way to say dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, in the calligraphy calligraphy club, and I love it. There's a little detail throughout the whole movie, like you see his math test when he goes starts going to public school, and he wrote his name in calligraphy, and his handwriting is just so perfect. I, I like those little details. I do too. He wrote like almost all his notes in calligraphy. I think yeah. didn't he? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, is he's like you're right it, like just such an old soul like this guy should be like in the 1900s you know mm -hmm. like like the victorian like i could see him being you know doing well in that time but it, it's like it's just so okay so immediately i liked him yeah i immediately yeah. liked him and he wakes um, up he wakes up from his daydream in, the, in like a, a lecture where bill murray is giving a speech and uh he's writing down all these notes in calligraphy and he's like and he's like best speaker i've ever heard <laughs> whatever i love, what I love best it yeah and bill murray is like take aim at the rich kids take them down <laughs> he writes like rich kids equal bad on his notes <laughs> this guy best <laughs> chapel speaker ever and uh i love there's an so they're walking out of the chapel and he gets like he get he's the only one who claps for Herman and yeah walking out of the chapel and he comes up to Herman and he's like I really like because Herman said like you guys are going to like one of the greatest schools and he so Max walks out of Herman and he's like I really like the things he said about Rushmore and then and there's another small moment he stands there and they stand like shoulder to shoulder and Max just sort of takes in the campus for a second and it's once again very subtle but I really like the look on his face because he just kind of does like a you know sort of look because he loves Rushmore so much and Herman's just like who is this who is this kid <laughs> oh yeah so I, I just like how he looks around the campus and just takes it in for a second and then Herman really likes him because he's just sort of like kissed his butt a little bit so I like, he's like, oh, it's a bright kid. And then Brian Cox, who's like the 
dean or whatever of the students Guggen- he's like guggenheim yeah, yeah guggenheim he's like he's one of our worst students <laughs> 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 and that's and that's like unexpected too because i like when he said that i think i started laughing because i was thinking that he wasn't well actually no that's not true because as i was watching him do all these extracurriculars I was like, when does he have time to study, you know? Oh, you thought that? Yeah, I thought that. I was like, when does he have time to study? And then when he said he's one of our worst students, I was like, I guess he doesn't have time to study. So, (laughs) yeah, for all intents and purposes, I think that probably fooled me the first time I saw the movie. I think I thought that he, I think it surprised me that he was a bad student, so... in it yeah, yeah. no I, I, I if was, i had um, seen it for the first time now maybe that thought would have occurred to me but yeah i was just like there's there's no way there was like 20 things he was doing there's no way that he could have all these extracurriculars and be able to study at the same time and so when he said yeah no this is he's our worst student i was like okay <laughs> which is funny because he got in on a scholarship and that usually means that people are good students you know well he got in on a scholarship because he wrote that play when he was a kid and it was like ahead of his time you know like he was like a prodigy at writing plays oh that's right and you can see that's that right. he like still writes plays and he's still very very good at them and something i like about the movie which i really didn't think about before until this viewing was that we never actually get to see his plays we only get to see people's reactions to his plays really and i kind of like that um so we're just like you get to see part of the play but i mean at the end of the movie in in his uh vietnam piece heaven and hell uh we see the audience like we see bits of it and we see the audience like looking very emotional but we uh-huh. don't see what made them feel that way. We see very glimpses, and and I like that because I like that it's left to our imagination that he probably is really like a legit playwright. Like he's probably very good at what he does, and um, but that's what he's good at. Like he's not good at anything else, and I think he right. floats by with all the extracurriculars and just his zeal and enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, he gets put on um academic probation and yeah. i like how he tries to barter a little bit yeah. with guggenheim and he's like what does that mean and he's like that means you can't fail another class or you'll get you'll get expelled and he's like i can't promise that i won't fail another class <laughs> i know i know he's like listen i get where you're coming from however could we just not do that instead <laughs> so i like so he's he's uh playing i think he's playing backgammon in this scene well i know that there's a scene where he's playing backgammon and i think this is a scene where the guy's like do you hear they're canceling latin as we talked about and he's like they're gonna do japanese instead and max is like i've been trying to get latin canceled for like five years and then he's reading this book and it's a jacques cousteau book so he sees the quote that Miss Cross wrote in the book. He doesn't know who she is yet, but it's the quote that, and I, I think the quote goes really well with the movie as, as well. Like it's, it's sort of like sums up, I think, Max's motivations for a lot of things. And it's when one man, for whatever reason, has the opportunity to lead an extraordinary life, he has no right to keep it to himself. 
And mm-hmm. I like that there's like the subtlety when he reads the quote, like he hears like the soundtrack or the, the ambient noise turns into like ocean music or ocean noises. Like you hear like gulls and waves and and I like that the quote sort of transports him and you find that now he, he needs to know who wrote the quote in the book. So he goes to the school librarian and gets the name of Miss Cross and she's a teacher at the school of like elementary school and he goes to see her and he's like peeking at her through her door and she's reading to the students and he opens the door and hears her like he opens it a crack and he can hear her voice and the same like ocean sounds happen and i think that's just really beautiful because you can see the anatomy of a crush and a 15 a 15 year old boy crush and he's an old soul yeah. so of course he would have a crush on somebody much older and much more experienced and I just really, I really like that detail, and I really like that you can see sort of like his new motivations of learning about her and and having a crush on her. I really like that. I'm just going to use that from now on. Every time someone's like, why do you like such, why do you have crush on such older men? I'll be like, I'm just an old soul, and exactly. it makes sense as to why I have crushes on <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Right? It it works. I, I yeah. like it. Yeah, you're an old soul. And yeah, so yeah. so then uh, I also there's there's a scene in there where he's like in charge of people leaving for the day and like directing traffic and making sure people get into their rides and everything. And he see he's sitting with Dirk. Dirk is his his his, his chapel partner, who's also like his only friend. Yeah, and and Dirk's um, like like 12 like he's like younger than him like yeah. he's this little dude so i would guess like 11 or 12 maybe i'm assuming that the, that rushmore is like elementary through like high school right mm-hmm. you think that's like a safe assumption okay well yeah because she's a teacher for elementary right yeah right mm-hmm. and it said and then they got um what was it um not the cufflinks but it was something that that Dirk gave him that said like he was there from like 1985 to like 1997 or something. Oh yeah. The uh, Swiss yeah. army knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. Yep. That's yeah. it. So I was like, oh, okay. So he's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, so what were you saying? He's sitting in the car with Dirk's mom and he's <laughs> like, he's like, this is a really good little exchange because he's like, I love, you know, like he's talking about like how he loves helping Dirk and he, and he loves like being a mentor to Dirk and, and then he, Dirk is coming up and the mom is very attractive. Like she's obviously like the hot mom of the school. And so yeah, that's, gets, Con- that's Connie Nielsen. Yeah. That's yeah. Connie oh yeah. Picture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And um, so he gets out of the car because Dirk comes up and he says to Dirk, like, hey, Dirk, how'd you do on your math test? And Dirk is like, I didn't have a test, but did you do your paper? And so I like how it's not actually Max who's being a mentor to Dirk. Like, Dirk is keeping Max afloat. And, and Max <laughs> yeah. is like, oh, I got an extension. He blows it off. And then and then Max, Max walks away because Dirk leaves. And somebody, one, somebody else from the school like, comes up to him and he's like, did you get very far with Dirk's mom? And he's like, oh, I gave her my number. Oh, I like that he has a business card that says like Max Fisher Rushmore, <laughs> extension twenty three. And he so he gives he's like, I gave her my number. 
and he's like well this the guy from the school is like well isn't that why you chose dirk as your chapel buddy because his mom is so hot and i like that that's even part of like a a 15 year old boy's mind that he would ever have a chance with somebody's mom you know i think it's like (laughs) right i like that sort of like glimpse into the like a young boy's psyche right right like dirk's mom has got it going on (laughs) and how all the rest of the boys in the school like like acknowledge that she's hot and acknowledge that they'd probably like to be dirk's chapel partner because she's hot but the delusions that they all share that being his chapel partner would somehow equate to her being a pedophile (laughs) you know i mean unspoken obviously but like right right yeah well like to them not a pedophile to us a pedophile like to them it's like ooh, you got laid by dirk's hot mom like (laughs) but to us it's like there's something real wrong in that situation (laughs) um herman is picking up his his two sons his like redheaded dorky sons (laughs) oh my god they're so atrocious these children i hated them right away Like, as soon as they came in, like, they were like, well, and it doesn't seem like there is a remotely healthy relationship between Herman and his kids because he, like, leans or he, like, reaches back and, like, punches one of them, doesn't he? Well, he sort of, like, gets him with his hand, but he doesn't, I don't think, like, full-on cold cocks him, but I like it's still, like, there's a lack of respect for the kids to their dad and, like, vice versa. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. But I like how, so this moment actually has a line that I think is, is really good. And we're supposed to, like, it's a very powerful line because it comes through, comes out later in the movie. But Max is sort of leaning over the door, win- the window of the car, talking to Herman. And Herman's like, you really do love it here. And, and Max is like, I do. You know, you got to find something you love and do it for the rest of your life. And for me, it's rough yeah. more. And... But then Herman is driving away with his kids, and he's like, you guys should invite him to your birthday party. And they're like, Max Fisher? Come on, Dad. There's going to be girls there. And then the guy in the back seat says, get your head out of your ass. And that's why he, like, <laughs> tries to attack him. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't... I, I, they're such meatheads. They're such little meatheads. Like, Immediately, I didn't like them. I mean, they're, they're supposed to not be likable, but... Max does, like, after school, Max goes to a barber shop, and yeah. he's getting his hair cut. And um, he, he says to the barber, I, I'm going to need you to sign this geometry test. And the first time I saw the movie, I remember thinking that he just had, like, a buddy that was a barber because he didn't want to tell his parents he was failing. And then you find out that that's his dad and his dad yeah. is so sweet and it's like kind of sad all the way, almost like all the way till the end when it sort of gets redeemed. But I, it makes me sad how dismissive and ashamed he is of his dad, you know? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he, he lies about him being a neurological surgeon and, um, and his dad just seems like he just wants to care for his kid be there for him you know he seems like he's a good guy but I thought the same thing like I was I was like is this just like his his guy that he goes to and he's like hey um can you do me a favor and sign this for me but I like (laughs) like so I thought that that was kind of funny but also 
it seemed in line with Max's personality that he would just have some like random older like bar that he fails. Yeah. Yep. So I just accepted it. Like I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, like that that makes sense. But you know, um, and I really and like find how out it's his dad. How optimistic his dad is. Like the score is the thirty-seven, and his dad like does like the two little loops to make it look like an 87 and he's like you almost got the a and then he has like such love toward his son like he didn't even get angry with him you know and and i just i it always makes me sad like there's many i know dad and i get happy at the end when his dad sort of like brought into everything but um but yeah so me too so they're walking home from the barber shop because his dad closed up shop and they they walk home and max says something like maybe i should be more focused on getting girls you know but i just you know like he can't find the girl for like no girls really like him you know and and that's when he meets miss cross on the bleachers like so after this scene and i really like when they meet each other because he knows who she is but she doesn't know who he is because he's been sort of like he's already started his obsession with her you know and so right. she's, she starts smoking. And actually, I wanted to get on my like smoking soapbox for a minute. And I think like <laughs> it's like the world has turned into a world full of pansies and nobody can like do any like nobody can have any vices in public, even though we all have vices in private. And so right. people like people like have hissy fits if they're smoking in movies. And I'm just like, uh, what's the big deal? I think. I'm at the risk of sounding like a total idiot. I like when they're smoking in movies because it's like people smoke and I yeah. think it looks kind of classy. Like I know smoking is bad for you, but so is drinking and eating and living and breathing radiation that we've set off in the bikini atoll for 30 years. You know what I mean? Like nothing, <laughs> nothing we're all on the same path basically and so I, right. it bothers me nowadays when people are like nah no smoking i hate if it's rated it's got to be rated nc27 if there's smoking in it because it might influence <laughs> the kids and you know but yeah we have movies with women like sandra bullock who are influencing our children and we don't even care not her personally but that character but anyway um no i, I like you know i like I love smoking in like film noir movies. You know what I mean? Like, especially if it's like a beautiful, like sexy woman and she's like smoking. I'm like, wow, this is smoking has never looked sexier. Yeah. <laughs> you know what like, I mean, it's like, it's just yeah. sort of a cool activity. And right. uh, you know what? No, and I, and I know how like I bad it smells and everything. I understand like cigarettes are gross, but I agree with you that there's something. Well, and I think I, to, like I'm, I'm going ahead a little bit, but to like to play off what you just said, um, I do think it's actually a little bit important to Max's character because he at first, like when he sees her smoking, he's kind of like, "Oh, like smoking is bad for you, whatever." But then later in the second act, he is smoking nonstop, and it kind of shows like a, it's like a almost like his his mind is kind of falling apart a little bit, or he's like depressed or whatever, and that's what yeah. he's turning to is cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So I I totally see what you mean. Like, yeah, people are like, oh, cigarettes. But I'm like, well, but when you watch this movie, it's 
me, like it's kind of like an important part of seeing like how how far that he's gone or how far, you know, his mental state has gone um, from being like this kid who's like, oh, smoking's bad for you. And then, you know, he's starting to like be like smoke like a chimney. So yeah, that's a really good, yeah. I'm glad you said that. That's a really yeah. good observation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. I, I just, yes, I think girl. It, it adds so many layers to the movie. And I, you know how, you know what, Lauren, I've been on this planet for three decades now, and I've seen a lot of people smoking, and I haven't picked up smoking. So, <laughs> you know what, I don't, you know, and I, I have friends who smoke, and I don't think they're gross. So, I don't know why no. I'm, like, goes crazy about cigarettes. It's like people chew something. I okay. I'm going to step off because I want to keep talking about the movie, but I like that this movie okay. has smoking in it because I think it's, it's real. And so anyway, so he asked how long she's been smoking and she was like, how old are you? And he says 15. And she's like, well, I guess since I was your age. And then they talk a little bit and he asked her if she's, a, he's like, you're new here, right? And she's new because her husband went to Rushmore when he was growing up. And so she, and he passed away. And so she wanted to, to come teach there. And I like how, um, she says, like, she says she did her thesis. Oh, she said she went to Harvard and he said, oh, how interesting. Cause I'm applying at, I'm going to Oxford or the Sorbonne, but my safety school is Harvard, which is so snotty, like such a, <laughs> like, and uh and she's like wow that's ambitious and he asked what her thesis is about and she says it's about like something to do with latin america and he says oh you know they're getting rid of latin and i like that she says no like i'm talking about more like south america and he's like oh <laughs> yeah yeah but i yeah. like there's yeah. a moment well i like that he's like well sorry i interrupted you what were you saying no go ahead and then i'll, I'll say it um i like that he's like trying to kind of get like on her level so he's like oh latin great i also you know i've heard about latin and it's it's getting rid of it um but she's like um honey <laughs> like, it's not the same thing <laughs> no. which is when you start to see how yeah maybe he is that is why he's flunking all his classes <laughs> but yeah yeah, but I like because to me, when she said Latin America, my first thought wasn't like Latin, the dead language. Oh, it was yeah. South America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I like how he says, so he says they're getting rev Latin and she says, oh, that's too bad because um, all the romance languages are built on Latin. And he gets this like really dreamy look on his face and he's like, yeah, they do. They are, aren't they? And it's just like, he heard the word romance and he suddenly was like, I've got a crush on this woman. Like, I like how romance like brought this expression. Yeah. It's, it's another like subtle moment that I just think is so magical because the, you can tell a flip, a, a switch has been flipped. And then now he's like petitioning to have Latin brought back because he's in love with Miss Cross yeah. and she was yeah. disappointed. Oh, oh, but she also speaks Latin to him. She's like, she says, like, is nothing sacred, but she says it in Latin. And he goes, what's that? Oh, it's Latin, isn't it? <laughs> well, and he, like, so he had petitioned for so long to get it, you know, off the curriculum. And then he starts learning it himself, too. So, 
like because he says a bunch of state like later he says a bunch of like latin phrases and everything so it's like it's it makes me wonder like is he the kind of guy who um partially changes or i mean women do it too so like kind of just it's like maybe just like a human thing but um they like kind of almost change their personality when they're starting to date someone new you know what i mean I think like do you ever watch parks and rec like Anne, whenever she dates someone new she's like oh yeah i'm wearing a cowboy like outfit and leslie's like why that's not you you know it's just like is he you know what i mean because yeah, he, I he wanted it for so long to be off and, yeah and then he's like oh no 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 it's important you're right it's an important language because it's a romance language romance <laughs> i think that he uh, definitely does that because he's so young and i think that mm -hmm. um i think that people do that like i think if you are trying like because he's changing himself to catch her and i think that that's a specifically a young thing like i think like if you're dating someone and not as extreme as Anne, of course, but like in a real life situation when you're dating someone and you both sort of start to share interests, I think that's really normal and common. And I mean, that's like, yeah, that's true. Like, you, you know, if you're in a relationship, you have, you have things in common. That's why you're in a relationship. But when you're changing yourself to try to attract somebody for yeah. sure, that's yeah. Like, and I think that that's his like youth and an experience coming out and he sees somebody that he totally admires totally respects falls in love with and i think he can't help it almost but like want to do everything to impress her and want to be like her and want you know what i mean so i agree with you i think you're yeah, yeah you've got yes i know what you're saying and i think you're right yeah 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 um i i agree with you i think it's definitely like his age he's a teen he's a teenage boy and you know she's got like that beautiful like british accent and everything and and she's intelligent and then um so <clears throat> but then he or she and and herman start dating kind of casually kind of mm -hmm. i thought that was a weird relationship i'm not gonna lie okay. it felt like it wasn't so much like not weird in like an uncomfortable way or anything weird in that it felt like the sole reason that they were dating was because of like max you know what i mean no i i have a lot of thoughts about the relationship so i don't i don't agree with you okay. it's something that i really like and the more i watch the, like the older i get like the first time i saw the movie i remember clearly being a little bit put off that someone as like pretty as rosemary would be in a relationship with somebody who's kind of like older and grizzled and so my 14 year old self when i first saw this movie i was just like why i don't that relationship doesn't make sense just visually but then yeah. the older i get the more i watch the movie i really really like their relationship and i think it's a pretty beautiful story in some ways like i don't care for the fact that he's like cheating on his wife um although she was kind of cheating on him yeah. too she was like feeding someone in front of him like at this pool party that they had yeah like we see him at his kid's birthday party yeah his son's birthday party and he's you know like 
pretty depressed because he doesn't really connect with his kids and he obviously doesn't connect with his wife because she's definitely flirting with a younger man and um so you can tell that things at home like and then they show like the next scene they show is like a portrait of the family so if you just look at the portrait they're this you know like wealthy because he's a business owner he owns like a manufacturing company of some kind and like a wealthy family who has it all together but it on the inside it's like cracking up like you can tell he is married but their marriage is is seemingly yeah, like distant like they're very distant with each other if she's not she she my assumption with that scene is that she is cheating on him in some capacity yeah with many men is it my seemed, like i'm like furring a lot but that's what i think no i i agree with you too because it like feeding like giving someone food like feeding someone she's like feeding them like a honest like a spoon full of food um is like a pretty intimate like act oh, for sure between adults you know so and she's kind of staring at him while she's doing it almost like a defiant like what are you gonna do about this you know what i yeah. mean yeah mm-hmm. um like so there's i would guess that there's uh some animosity between the two and that maybe yeah. they've like kind of grown apart you know so, yeah he's an he's kind of an island probably lonely in like in yeah. in the crowd of his family i think he's probably lonely and and then miss cross on the other hand you find out that her husband died only a year before that and so she's still like dealing with intense heartbreak because she really loved her husband right and there's a scene there's a scene where max and her are cleaning or feeding fish mm-hmm. and she said that's when he finds out she why she's teaching at rushmore because she said my husband worked here and he's so shocked by the fact that she's married that he drops all of the fish food into one tank <laughs> Yeah. And he like takes the net and like pokes at it, but he never scoops it out. He just leaves <laughs> it and walks away. I know, I noticed that too. I really he was like, like oh, too late. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. And um then he finds out that her husband passed away a year before. And so she's dealing with this intense heartbreak. And I believe that Rosemary and Herman are vo- both very lonely souls and they find each other in Max unwittingly brings them together and they find each other and i actually really like the story i think it's it's very beautiful because um later in the movie when herman and and her are like apart because people find out about their relationship and he's married and you know it causes a little bit of a like she resigns from her job at rushmore and herman is talking to max and herman is sort of like trying to justify the fact that the relationship is no longer happening anymore and he says something like well it doesn't matter she's in love with a dead man anyway and it's just really sad like it's very sad like she's still her heart is still broken from the death of her husband but she likes Herman and I think I almost think like she doesn't like how much she likes him at first because he's so uncouth like when Max like makes up a reason to come into her house and into the bedroom she sleeps in sorry there's some guy like walking outside and oh. screaming on the phone oh geez I, I love when people do that walk and talk on the phone <laughs> but so he's max like, I mean, like like the phone's like that far away from his like it's like you oh know like gosh. a foot away from his mouth and he's just like <laughs> i'm like okay you know there is a thing where you can take it off speakerphone yeah I know. crazy or you don't have to yell into it like it has a microphone in it he's and he's it doesn't sound like he's angry yelling it sounds like he's just like i don't know maybe like 
drunk at 3 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe or something. Who knows? I don't know. Lucky guy. He's lucky, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do what you so gotta do. Max goes to her house, which is, I think, they don't, they don't say it at the beginning of the movie, but I think it's implied she, it's the house that her husband grew up in. That's kind of what I say, like, house-sitting. And she's yeah. in his childhood bedroom, and Max, in a way that's, like, shows how mature Max has gotten because he was jealous at first that she and Herman fell in love. Um, but then he's like, he, he wants, you know, he wants to help them instead of hurt them. Cause he's the reason that she resigned because, you know, like he sent photos and told Herman's wife that they were having an affair and everything. And, and he, you know, he says to her, like, you know, you're, you're still in love with your husband and you're sleeping in his bed. And she says like, Edward Appleby, who was her husband, Edward Appleby had more panache and charisma and creativity in his pinky nail, pinky fingernail, finger in his fingernail than Herman does in his whole body. And then yeah. Max says, and it's really cold, but it's really effective. And he's like, yeah, but it's a dead fingernail, you know? Yeah. And it was, you're right. It was very like, it was very, it was inconsiderate of her feelings. Cause you can tell after he says that she kind of like, it like affects her in a negative yeah. way. But like, I think like, oh, I think I know this sounds bad, but I think it was coldly effective. Like, I think yeah. she almost needed somebody to like slap her out of it and say like, look, it sucks. Your husband died. It's very sad. You're right to grieve, but grieving should only last for so long, you know? Right. And I think that she sort of came to terms with the fact that, yes, Herman isn't like her husband but she still loved him despite that and so i really liked right. their relationship i think he he brought together two lonely souls and and i think that's really nice in that in that regard you know i can i can understand um why you feel that way for sure i um i guess i to me like I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I wouldn't say I hated it either. You know what I mean? I kind of felt like, eh, um, I did like the, the moment that they had when he was outside of her, when, when Herman was outside of her house and she's eating the carrots. And I thought that was a really cute moment between them. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I did. I didn't feel that strongly about it the way you did, you know? Yeah. Like, Mike I, I actually, get where you're coming from, but I'm like, eh. Mike has actually brought up that scene that you just mentioned and um, how hopeful Herman gets when he's like, oh, I thought Max had something planned for us because he's just, he just wants to be around her, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, or we could take a walk right now and how like, hopeful Herman is that they're going to yeah. spend time together and it is it's a really cute moment between them and I like that it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily like a romance that was over the top or overdone or anything you know because sometimes they include that in movies where it's like it's like a little bit too much and you're like okay we get it they like each other you know what I mean and it doesn't like fit in with the rest of the movie so I like that it was a very it was a very subtle romance between them 
It wasn't. I do too. We don't have to endure like. Yeah. We don't have to endure like a sex scene or like a making out scene between them. We could just. I think you can see the warmth and the love between them in their like subtle subtlety because he is like going behind his wife's back. So, yeah, I think we get a glimpse of like their subtle romance, but we don't get to see behind closed doors, which is kind of. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is kind of like it's, it's nice refreshing. It's not. Yeah, it's not like, oh, here's the obligatory sex scene that we have to watch. You know, <laughs> it's so funny. Ever since you told me that you hate sex scenes, I can't like not unsee it now. Like now, I'm like, oh, you're right. These are terrible. Like there's, there's some that you're like, okay, that was that was that was fine, but there are some that are just so over the top and so awkward and like like the scene you know what i should have added it on my list but watchmen is one of the movies that i hated oh yeah yeah but the scene between like patrick wilson and um uh, what's her name malin ackerman i don't i don't like her (laughs) like i pretty like i don't like her but that was hands down probably the worst sex scene i've ever seen because it was so awkward and i felt so uncomfortable the entire movie like or the entire time i was just like why do you gotta do this why you gotta do this weird scene i like like a good romantic sexy like kissing foreplay i think that's good for like expressing romance in a movie and like showing romance in a movie but i feel like sex scenes are just like okay they're in love like they're having sex that means they're in love you know i've said this before but yeah so like i think you can portray falling in love with like you can do like a really sensual like like i said foreplay scene that's really beautiful and then i guess you could oh there probably are also like beautiful sex scenes i'm not i don't want to like discount all of them but i feel like they they use it as a replacement for showing two people connecting right and so right. I like when you can see people connecting, like in this movie, like you, we see them connecting, you know? Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it's, um, it's like, okay, so, so sex education has a lot of sex scenes in it, but they're so like, they're so like realistic that it doesn't like bother you because it's not okay. over the top yeah. romantic. Yeah. It's like, it's like people, they're like fucking, you know what I mean? So it's not you're not like uncomfortable you're just like okay these are two people having sex and enjoying each other's bodies and it's not meant like what you said where um a lot of sex scenes in movies are like a replacement for like showing people actually emotionally connecting yeah and Mm -hmm. and it's i mean yeah they can be awkward because it's teens but it's not it's it's not it's just like to me it was never uncomfortable you know what i mean it was just always like this is natural. This is a thing that happens. You yeah. Know? And like in movies like Legends of the Fall, where it was just like, I don't even know if they love each other, but oh, here they are having sex in every position that I, <laughs> you know, I like. Know, I know. So I think if you're using it as a lazy replacement <laughs> to show a couple falling in love instead of like, oh, these two are in love and now they're having sex. You know, does that, does that I no, don't understand my distinction. It's like. It's like the scene with Sophia and David and Vanilla Sky where they're getting to know each other and it's a great scene and they're getting to know each other. It's not sexual and you like, and you love it. You want to stay in that scene forever, you know, but then, 
and I, I never felt like, like any sex scenes that they had in that movie. I mean, we're kind of going totally off topic here, but like, I never really like hated them, but, um, there is this one movie called, shit, what is it called? Hold on, I have to look it up. It's a Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, okay. So it's called Nobody's Fool. And it was it was a it was a pretty cute movie. It's a Tyler Perry movie. Um, but there is the longest sex like I swear that I think I lost years off of my life watching the <laughs> sex scene. It was so long and so over the top and so like it it like like I had to turn away to like because I was just like okay yep we get it uh huh oh they're they're having sex still great and it was like <laughs> slow motion and it was all this like oh jeez oh, no. <laughs> like, oh no oh no and it was so it was so cringy <laughs> it was so oh horrible yeah I mean, no. So, yeah, so I'm glad we didn't have to see anything like that between Herman and Rosemary because I think it it would have slowed the movie down and it would have, it would have, it wouldn't have matched the tone of the movie. No. Because I like that there's sort of like, like Herman has like a schoolboy crush on her at first, you know, like he's like spying on her and he's saying to Max, like, I don't know why you like her. She's not that great, you know, but he, it's because he has a little thing for her. So, so I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Because there's some things that I, I really want to talk about. So Max puts on a play and he invites Herman and Rosemary and they come and Rosemary brings Luke Wilson and um, yeah. and he's wearing, yeah. he's wearing hospital scrubs, OR scrubs. And uh, at the end of the play, there's a scene that always makes me sad. Like, so Max... Oh, Max got punched in the face because tensions were high behind the scenes, which I always liked, where Max is like, don't mess with my, the integrity of my play. And the actor like punches him. Yeah. yeah. And I also like Dirk in a nun's habit. I thought that was really funny. He's like listening <laughs> yeah, to, in the play, he's listening to headphones. He's like, I've got something. And I, I just, I like that. I like that Dirk has roles in his plays because they're I do friends. Too. I do and too. So backstage, uh max's dad is there and he's like so proud of his son you know and and max is like oh thanks dad but i'm not coming home right away i got a dinner and his dad's like oh okay and he's like it's cast and crew only and max's dad is like do you need any money and he's like nope i'm fine and he just sort of dismisses his dad and that always makes me so sad me too and, and it's because, not cast and like crew no, yeah either. he lies to him because he's going out with like herman herman bloom who is more successful and wealthy than his father and and you know so so they go to dinner and or sorry so then he he gets to herman and to rosemary and he's like really put off that rosemary brought her friend brought luke wilson and they go to dinner and they're at this fancy restaurant and max is like drinking whiskey yeah, and he's being really belligerent, and he says to Luke Wilson, which I've already mentioned this line before, but I love it. But he says to Luke Wilson, like, "Those are nice uh, nurses. That's a nice nurse's uniform you got on there." And he says something like how he's underdressed, like it's not really appropriate for this restaurant. <laughs> and <laughs> Luke Wilson's like, "These are OR scrubs," and Max says, "Oh, are they?" And then <laughs> Rosemary is just like, "You're being so rude," and um. 
Wait, can I can I interrupt you? Because there's a Bob's Burgers episode where Bob is flipping out because he got like a really fancy turkey, and he's like, "They're the Ferraris of turkeys." And, <laughs> and Louise goes, "Oh, Ferrar they?" <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, the puns, the puns keep coming. <laughs> and I, I like how. Herman says like calm calm down Max and Rosemary says to Herman you're the one who got him whiskey and Max is like I wrote a hit play I can't unwind <laughs> he's like 15 years old drinking whiskey and I like oh how my God. he says to Luke Wilson so how did you how did you and Miss Cross meet and Luke's like I went to Harvard and uh I went to Harvard with her and Max is like well I wrote a hit play but I'm not sweating it <laughs> like just <laughs> He, like, almost tries to stab Luke Wilson in the hand, like, when he's, like, trying to reach for whatever. The, it looked like creamer, I thought, yeah. maybe, or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, like, you can ask for it. <laughs> like, but it was, like, right there between them. So there's no reason he would ask for it. Like, oh, man. And then uh, the waiter comes up and Max is, like, I just want to thank you for accommodating us. It was only supposed to be three people, but now we've added a fourth. And the he's waiter's, like, little- it's no trouble. <laughs> And he was being such a little bitch. Oh, like, man. Yeah. And I like, and then finally, so finally he says like to Rosemary, like, you hurt my feelings. It was supposed to be us. Tonight was special. And then he says, and I'm in love with you. Like he's in love with Rosemary, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the next day, um, Herman is like skulking around the schoolyard, like peeking at her from behind trees and stuff to say like max wants to apologize and she's like i don't think i should see max anymore you know so this is kind of how like rosemary and herman's relationship sort of starts um but also within this sometime uh max goes to herman's manufacturing plant and asks him for like thirty four thousand dollars so he can build an aquarium on the school grounds for (laughs) miss cross and I love that blue that Herman was just like, I'll give you twenty five hundred. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I like that he hears like, his whole spiel and still gives him something, but you know I, like it's he's like, No, I need thirty five thousand. Like, all right, here, twenty five hundred. And I was like, That's gonna that's gonna do it. That's gonna be the thing that's gonna bring all the fish in. Um, but he's like oh, there's going to be hammerhead sharks and there's going to be piranhas. And it was, it was all these like really unrealistic type fish that he would have at this aquarium. And I, I don't think I've ever seen a hammerhead shark in person. Like I've seen a lot of different kinds of sharks in person, like from aquariums, but never a hammerhead one. Have yeah, you ever had? I don't, I don't think I have either. I would like to. So anyway, so he's breaking ground. He, I like how, like, he's so idealistic and he's like, so take charge. He starts breaking ground for this aquarium before he got any, like, approval or anything. And that gets him thrown out of Rushmore, yeah. expelled. So he has to go to public school. Grover and, Cleveland Public School. Yeah. And I, oh, I, that, did you like, notice, depressed um, me. Did you oh, notice like, oh. Alexis Bledel is in this movie? I didn't notice that. She, she has she just has screen time. She's like in the classroom and she's at the science fair. And I think she's dancing with a character at the end. She doesn't have any lines. She's oh, so she's just like it. an extra? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And so he he makes a speech and to his math class and they're all like public school kids who don't care. And he's wearing his uniform and he's like, I know you probably all think that 
I went to I went to private school, so I was born with a silver spoon. But and he and he says I I also noticed that you don't have a fencing team, so I will try to remedy that. <laughs> and later you see him like fencing by himself. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you that I took fencing when I was a no, kid? No, you did. I did. Yeah, I was like, you know, probably like fifteen or something. Um, it was pretty fun. It's a yeah? fun sport. Yeah. Interesting. I would um. That's something that I would totally do now if I could. Well, probably not. But I mean, like I say I would, but like realistically, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where I'm like, I totally would do it. But then I'm like, I like my me time. <laughs> but if you liked fencing enough, that could be your me time. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Need to get one of those yeah. face cages. Uh, That's an Olympic Olympics sport. Face cages. <laughs> Yeah. It's, I did not know that actually. I did not know that. So I like the little war that, um, that Herman and Max have against each other. Yeah. So, um, like Max could have totally gone to prison for like attempted like murder or something, you know, for cutting his brakes. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's pretty serious. I love that montage. I like, so Dirk sees Herman and Rosemary out for a walk. So he tells, he tells Max, you know, and, and um, yeah, so I, I do, I agree. I like their little war and I really like when Herman takes Max's bike off the bike rack, <laughs> runs it over without like his expression never changes as he drives over the bike and then he puts it back at the bike rack. That's one of my favorite moments. I love it. That is, I, th- I think that's probably one of my favorite scenes too, because he like, he has a cigarette hanging from his mouth the entire time. Yep. Yeah, right. He never <laughs> changes his expression. He's like, he has like these giant pair of like, um, what is it? The the clippers or whatever, you know, they can clip open the Like the bolt metal. cutters. Yeah, bolt cutters. And he just, <laughs> it's, just it's perfect. And uh I was surprised that Max even knew what lines to cut as far as the brake lines. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will. I'm not surprised because he seems very, like, he's very resourceful. But I also wonder if he just, like, cut something, you know? Like, he just cut something to cut it. Because I agree with you. Like, he could have killed him. Like, Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a good thing that he was, like, slowly coming to a stop when he realized that his brakes had failed. Because then, like, and the car wasn't even damaged, was it? It wasn't really. No. Um, No, he, like, he, he, like the the groundskeeper never runs out of the way he just sort of keeps backing up and i'm like just get out of the way of the car it's like it's like in movies when something is like rolling but the person's just running in front of it and i'm like literally move five feet to the side and you're gonna be safe and then they die and you're like it's like uh did you ever see what was it i think it was the first it was either the first or the second Austin Powers yeah. driving the steam roll, and the like, guy's like, but it was like this huge area. Like you could have ran anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, yes. I, I always really like that moment as well. Yeah. So good. yeah, I liked the little prank war, the back and forth prior to their prank war. I like that he, he does apologize to Rosemary and, you know, 
for like saying he's in love with her and they sort of rekindle a friendship and she's tutoring him mm-hmm. like you have to apply yourself at Grover Cleveland and so he's starting to improve and there's like a montage of them like all hanging out together and obviously then he finds out the, about the relationship and they have like the prank war and like Max like drops out of school and is like working as a barber with his dad and mm-hmm. he also told Magnus who was the Irish boy who teased him at school. He told Magnus that Dirk's mom gave him a hand job. So Dirk is even mad at him. So he doesn't have any friends and Herman and Rosemary aren't together and everybody's sort of miserable at this yep. point in the movie. Everyone's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. And Oh, there's also somebody at his, at his high school, Margaret Yang, mm-hmm. who has a crush on him, but he is not interested in her in the slightest. And I like that as well. I like how he's he's so focused on Miss Cross and Rushmore that he doesn't really see what's around him, you know? And like right. here's somebody who's his age and somebody who appreciates his quirks and could probably match them because she seemed very intelligent. Yeah. You know, somebody who would work well with him, but he he can't see it at that stage. And I just like the growth that he goes through because I like how him and Herman like eventually meet back up and he says, you know, he, he, they talk it out and Herman comes to his mom's grave and Max is like, I was going to have that tree over there fall on you. And Herman goes, that would have flattened me like a pancake, but they sort of make up. And then Herman says about rosemary she was my rushmore and i really like that scene that, that i line. do too it's very heartbreaking I like that line yeah 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 um and, and like it, it just shows like herman kind of had this new sort of renewed like um i mean you can tell obviously the relationship between him and his wife has crumbled oh yeah because he moved into the hotel because they're right yeah Yeah. which looks like a really nice hotel so you know that guy is like making he's making bank um this wasn't no like well he's worth 10 million yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um and um it it was it just kind of showed this like vulnerable side to him where he had maybe like felt like there's new hope in his life for love you know with miss cross and and then it didn't end up working out yeah and you know it happens but it's also i think after what sounds to me like miss cross had someone who was like the love of her life and after a like a year is not that long really no. you to know, get over somebody passing away no especially so suddenly because he drowned so it was like very unexpected yeah and i could imagine i mean she's staying in his old room you know like surrounded by his things so it's like clearly she has not moved on you know which is understandable because grief is is a very um it's a very difficult thing to get through and it, you never people who who mean a lot to you you never really get over it you know like you move on but you you don't forget about it you don't like oh right they always they always are there's always a part of them with you Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know i mean my mom's mom died like 15 plus years ago and she died on my dad's birthday actually um and every year 
she, you know, March 6th rolls around and she's, she's crying away and stuff and she, cause she misses her mom, you know, and I miss her too. And, um, yeah, you just, you just don't, you, you move forward with your life, but I don't, I just don't think you ever really get over it. You know what I mean? Right. That makes sense. No, no yeah. I totally, I totally agree with you. I totally, I totally agree. Like it leaves a scar and a void, you know? Yeah. I think like a year is, is not that much time. So it makes sense. She'd still be grieving, but I also, I do like that. Like Max helps her move forward, you know? And I like that she found some happiness with Herman and then, you know, before they broke or they broke it off initially, I, you know, and then, so I like that. I think that, sorry, can I just say one thing? I think that with, as far as Herman goes, I think that he was a good distraction, but was not necessarily in it for the long haul. You know what I mean? Like he, he was, he was good. He, he came to her when she needed him in her life, but I don't think that that was meant to be that way forever. If oh, that really? makes sense. You don't yeah. think, well, because no, no, because I think like, I think she probably used him as a distraction at first and then surprised herself that she actually had feelings for him. And then there's like some subtext when they meet in the intermission of Max's final play. And he says like, I like his play. I hope it has a good ending. And then she stands closer to him. And so I think that they rekindle their, their romance. I mean, I, I'm kind of just saying this personally. Like I think that I think that she has a long road ahead of her as far as grieving and I feel like maybe like she's she's just not kind of like ready for a relationship you know what I mean no because I think the pep talk that Max gave her in her in her husband's bedroom sort of pushed her over the edge of like the the mega grief is starting to be behind her and now she can kind of start healing like there is still grieving right she's over that hump I think so I, I don't think I don't think I think that whatever long road she's on I think her and Herman are gonna be together on it Hmm. that's how I see the ending so it's interesting how you see it yeah I definitely see it differently I I think I have a darker perspective on things a little bit um unfortunately that's kind of just like kind of the person I am you know um I don't know you know who knows? It, it, it's a, it's an open ending and I love open endings to films, which we're, we're like not even done talking about yet, but, <laughs> um, so, okay. I love the plays that he puts on and yeah. I wanted to watch them like fully. I like the production value of the stage yes. designs. Yeah. Like, well, and okay. First of all, so he has like dynamite. I was like, who's selling dynamite to this kid? And also, how is he not destroying the school? You know? Well, yeah. Yeah. Did you see the way they threw the crate around? Like all he says to Dirk is make sure this doesn't get wet, but they're just like passing it back and forth. And he just kind of like sets it down. And I mean, you have to be like, you can't even really jostle dynamite very much because it's unstable. (laughs) Right. Well, and also, um, 
he like a a kid's finger got blown off or whatever mm-hmm. the first time he, yeah so <laughs> it was allowing it was allowing him to put on this super violent play where a kid got like totally injured and yeah. lost a digit like that's a big deal it's a big i think deal he just does finger. it like he just does things he He's, just does them he's so he's so clever with the way that it's done and i love like the little um the little tiny like toy planes that fly ahead and everything yeah it was so creative it's just i know i i wanted to see this play like i i was like jealous that i didn't get to see these plays you know what i mean and everyone had like a visceral yeah they all had like visceral reactions to it and yeah yeah a standing ovation it's a big deal you know yeah yeah so he Prior to this, he like makes up with Dirk. Him and mm-hmm. Dirk become friends again. He Dirk apologizes for like because they throw rocks at him at one point, and then he apologizes for saying that his mom gave him a hand job. And then him and Margaret Yang sort of hit it off, which is kind of cute, which is really cute. I I liked that. And I did um, too. And he helps Herman, so he takes Herman. Herman's kind of like messy and unkempt and he takes him to his dad's barbershop. And that's like we talked about, he introduces him to his dad finally and Herman gets all spiffed up and then they do this like exercise regime montage through Herman's warehouse. <laughs> and, and then he says to Herman, how much are you worth? And Herman says 10 million. And he said, we're going to need all of it. And they decide to build the aquarium for Miss Cross. Yeah. And then she doesn't show up at the opening which and I wasn't then, surprised. I was yeah. like, it's not going to come. Like, <laughs> no. But then, like we talked about already, the scene in the bedroom where he pretend, Max pretends to get hit by, gets hit by a car so he can get into her house and give her that pep talk. And then, yeah, and then he, he goes back to school because he dropped out of school for a little while. He goes to school. He puts on the play. Mm-hmm. And at the end, when they're all backstage, or we talked about the, um, I really actually, like, I'm, I'm going a little fast, but I really like the subtext in the intermission where Miss Cross and Herman are talking to each other and she got them coffees and it's raining. And I think that's a really pretty conversation, a pretty moment because they both have like, as we've talked about, like her life is fraught with things that she had to get, she's still getting over. His life is full of things because he's getting divorced from his wife and he has kids and their relationship is also very like or was very like full of drama with like max and with her leaving her job but here's this intermission where they're sort of coming back together and they're starting sort of fresh and and i think that's i think it's really pretty i think it's a really beautiful moment that they found each other again like even though so much happened with their lives apart from each other with their lives together they can still they still have this connection and and i know you don't like we we have different views on it but i think it's it's really nice like it's a nice happily ever after for me in a way that's not like you're across the universe happily ever after you know it's a realistic (laughs) happily ever after like here are two lonely people who found each other and despite everything working against them they they're gonna stay with each other and I really like that yeah I can appreciate it I can appreciate it for sure um I think it was well done you know mm-hmm. I like the subtle rom. I like subtle romance you know mm-hmm. unless it's like a full-on like meant to be romantic film I like a subtle romance in a in a just a 
you know, like in an unusual film like this. Um, but I, I really like this movie, you know, it was fun. I'm so glad. I'm so glad <laughs> you like it. And the soundtrack is so glorious. Did you like I the thought soundtrack? that too, actually, I was thinking yeah. that while it was funny, cause while, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because while I was watching it, I was like, I was like, Wes Anderson is one of those people who knows how to use music to his advantage. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And there's like the Cat Stevens song and then like the the end song is a great song. I'm not sure the who faces. that's by. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I I was kind of, I wouldn't say I was surprised as to how, well, no, I guess I think I, I would say I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, but I definitely did. Yeah. I can 100% understand why you like this movie so much. I'm so glad. I'm so yeah. glad. It's so good. And it's something that I really like about Wes Anderson, which... I've read people like people giving it a hard time, but I really like it is he uses like slow, fast motion in the last scenes with a song a lot. And I think it's really good. I like that as his trademark, like, like in this movie, they're at the dance. And then in like World Tenenbaums, they're walking out of the funeral and Steve Zissou, they're walking through the town and there's like some slow motion thrown in. And, and I really like that. And I hope he keeps doing it for his movies because I, I, I I like that as like a little like like it's like a it reminds me of like an artist signing their canvas right it makes me mad that people give it a hard time because of all the things that his movies have become that actually I really enjoy still is like the use of slow motion at the end I like a well-implemented slow motion scene for Um, sure yes I because there's a lot there's a lot of movies I've seen where they'll use slow motion and I'm like, there's no reason for there to be slow motion in this scene. I totally you know? agree with you. We've yeah. talked, yeah, like with in the in the Emperor of Japan. What's the movie? The Last Emperor? What's it the called? Last, the last, last Samurai. Japan. The last <laughs> in the Last Samurai, slow motion was used terribly. But I like it because in these Wes Anderson movies, like we're we've gone on a journey, and I like that this the slow motion sort of gives us like the gravitas of the journey we've gone on, and I really like that. The Emperor of Japan. <laughs> the movie means so little to me that I can't even remember the title. Oh my god! Speaking of uh, movies that we couldn't remember the titles, I remember that one that's called like Twenty Two Mile or Mile Twenty Two that I still oh. can't remember. <laughs> Mile 22, I, I think. That movie was terrible. I, um, it's on Netflix now. And I was with a friend. <laughs> it was like we were we were scrolling through Netflix. And I was like, this is the worst fucking movie ever. <laughs> I was like, don't watch it. Don't. I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's called Mile 22. I still can't remember what it's called. 22 Mile or Mile 22. Either way, whatever. It was terrible. Don't watch it. If anyone's out there, don't watch this movie. <laughs> Yes, but I like the very ending um, when he's dancing with Rosemary and the song is playing like, I wish I knew what I know now when I was younger. And I think it also has subtext. And I think it's I think so a really too, great ending, really great movie. It's a masterpiece. It's one of my top favorites. It probably always will be. I can't imagine something taking its place. Yeah. And it's good. So would you recommend it? 
I would. I would definitely recommend it. I'm so happy. That makes me so happy. Yeah. I was so nervous. I, I was know. so nervous. Because over Skype, you were like, it's okay if you hate it. It's okay if you don't like this movie. It's okay, Lauren. If you don't like this movie, that's okay. And I well, was I like, didn't, okay. I didn't want you to hold back because I was like, if she knows how much I like it and I don't want her to like feel like she has to hold back. But I was... I was very nervous because I felt I feel very possessive about this movie. Um, it's one of the few movies where I feel possessive about where I feel like if people aren't appreciating it, appreciating it the way that they should, it it will really it will it will be upsetting and it would be hard for me to to get through. So my main motivation was as long as you hate it but you understand it and you gave it a fair shake that wouldn't have bothered me but if you had just written it off like i don't know I, this happened but i don't really care this happened but i don't really care that then it, it would have like broken my heart because of how possessive <laughs> i feel about it right yeah so and i like i just i thought it, it's okay if you don't like it as long as you prove that you gave it a fair shake you know right right you. does that make any no sense? that totally makes sense okay that's like um so, you know, I have like breakfast at Tiffany's on my wall. Where is it? My <laughs> hand is over here. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was like a thing going around Tumblr from one of the scenes where Paul Varjak is saying to Holly Golightly, like, I, like, I love you. You belong to me. And people were like, no one, like women don't belong to men, blah, blah, blah. And I was getting so angry about it because I yes. was like, have you seen the movie? Like, I was like, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying I own you. He's saying, I love you. We belong to each other. Like you yep. belong to me. I belong to you. And, and it's like, it's the same thing where I, I feel very like protective over that movie because I love it so much that when people yes. are like, this is sexist. I'm like, you shut your little fucking hole. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, mouth, you get it. I totally, I'm glad. Yes. Thank you. I'm, I'm like you're. you're just, I'm like I hate you. Leave me alone. <laughs> Get the fuck no, out of here. It's, yeah, it's like when people take something and they chew it up and they spit it out without actually tasting it, and it's so annoying because it's like society yeah. gets its the internet gets its claws in something, and everyone gets so fired up and. Thank you. I'm glad you get it. You get yeah, it. Yeah, so, I totally, I totally, totally get it. So if you would have, so yes, I if you would have hated it, but we've had a conversation about it that would have been okay but it would just be like if you wrote it off or something that would have bothered me so no i i definitely liked it i'm glad i'm so glad i'm so glad and i would <laughs> obviously recommend, recommend it. it too then. oh i would i would recommend it for sure yeah. yeah yeah i would i would it's fun it's quirky it's fun it's funny um there were some points where i laughed out loud yes <laughs> that like i have to say that is like pretty rare unless it's like a comedy i might like make a an amused noise but like laughing out loud is a whole different step you know that like then I actually genuinely found that funny rather than just amusing you know yeah yeah so I can't remember what the scene is but um it's okay yeah and so I, I I liked it it was very fun I'm glad I'm glad yeah. you liked it yes this was yes. good okay then you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and we have a website watchersofmovies.weebly.com and if you have any suggestions you can email us at watchersofmovies at gmail.com 
Um, and we love to hear from you guys. So if you want to send us a private message, you want to send us an email, whatever, you know, and we are on Stitcher, SoundCloud and Spotify, iTunes. We're on Google play. Did I miss any? I don't think so. Okay. And thank you to Mike for our theme music, our awesome theme music. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike show 42. His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Thanks Mike. And thank you, Samantha H not that one the other one that one being me it wasn't me <laughs> okay it's a different samantha h <laughs> samantha h who is a mutual friend of both of us made us a really cool logo and it's very yes. classy that you can see on our social media accounts now yep you sure can you sure can and then that's it so bye bye bye